My name is Jumit Gohil and you are listening to A Story with Jumit. So today, I'm going to tell you a story. A story written by J.K. Rowling from a book named Ichabod. So, let's start. Once upon a time, there was a tiny country called Cornucopia, which had been ruled for centuries by a long line of firehead kings. The king at that time, which I write, was the King Fred the Fearless. He had announced the fearless bit himself. On the morning of the coronation, partly because it sounded nice with the bread, but also he would once manage to catch and kill a boss all by himself. If you didn't count five footmen and the boot boy, King Fred the Fearless came to the throne on a huge wave of popularity. He had lovely yellow curls, fine sweeping mustaches, and looked magnificent in tie breeches, velvet doublets, and ruffled shirts that rich men wore at the time. Fred was said to be generous, smile and wave whenever anyone caught the sight of him, and looked awfully handsome in the portraits that were distributed through the kingdom to be hung in town halls. People of Cornucopia were the most happy with their new king, and many thought he would end up being even better at the job than his father, Richard the Righteous. Those teeth nobody had liked to mention in that time were rather cruel. King Fred was secretly relieved to find out how easy it was to rule Cornucopia. In fact, the country seemed to run itself. Nearly everybody had lots of food, the merchants made pots of gold, and the Fred's advisors took care of any little problem that arose. All that was left for Fred to do was beam at his subjects whenever he went out at his carriage and go to hunting five times a week with his two best friends, Lord Spiderwood and Lord Flapoon. Spiderwood and Flapoon had large estates of their own in the country. But they found it much cheaper and more amusing to live at the palace with the king, eating his food, hunting his stags, and making sure that the king didn't get too fond of any of his beautiful ladies in the court. They had no wish to see Red Mary, because Queen might spoil all they want. For a long time, Fred had seemed to rather like a lady, Slender who was as dark as beautiful as Fred and was fair and handsome. But Spielberg had persuaded Fred that she was far too serious and bookish for the country to love her as a queen. Fred didn't know the Lord Spielberg had a grudge against Lady Slender. He would once ask her to marry himself, but she turned him down. Lord Spittlewood was very thin. Cunning and clever, his friend Flapoon was ruddy-faced and so enormous that it required six men to heave him into his massive chestnut horse. Though not as clever as Spiderwood, Flapoon was still far sharper than the king. Both lords were expert at flattery, and pretending to be astonished by how good Fred was at everything from riding to tin livings, if Spiderwood had a particular talent, it was persuading the king to do the things that suited the spiderwood, and his flapoon had a gift. It was for the convincing the king that nobody on the earth was as royal to the king as his two best friends. 
Red Fox, Peter Cole, and Flapoon were jolly good chaps. They urged him to hold fancy parties, elaborate picnics, and sumptuous banquets. Because Cornucopia was famous far beyond its borders for its food. Each of the cities were known for different kinds, and each was the very best in the world. The capital of Cornucopia. Chucksville lay in the south of the country and was surrounded by acres of orchards, fielding of the shimmering golden weed and emerald green grass, on which pure white dairy cows grazed. The cream, low and the fruit produced by farmer was then given to exceptional bakers of shovel, who made pastry. Think, if you please, of the most delicious cake or biscuit you have ever tasted. Well, let me tell you, they had been downright ashamed to serve that in Chucksville. Unless a grown man's eyes filled with tears of pleasure as it bit into Chucksville pastry, it was deemed a failure and never made again. The bakery widows of the Chucksville were piled high with jealousies such as maidens, grain, Fairies cradles and most famous of all, herbs of heavens, which were so exclusively painfully delicious that they were here for special occasions and everybody cried for joy as they ate them. King Portofero of the neighboring Pluritania had already sent King Fred a letter offering him the choice of any of his daughters hands in marriage in exchange of a lifetime supply of hopes of heaven. But the Spittlewood had advised Fred to laugh in the Floritanian ambassador's face. His daughters are nowhere near pretty enough to exchange for hopes of heaven, sir, said the Spittlewood. Through the north of Chucksville lay more green fields and clear sparkling rivers, where jet black cows happy Pig, pigs were raised. These turns showed the twin cities of Kurzburg and Baronstone, which were separated from each other by an arcing stone bridge over the main river of Cornucopia, the Fluma, with the brightly colored barges bore goods from one end of the kingdom to the other. Kurzburg was famous for its cheese. Huge white wheels, dense orange cannonballs, big crumbly blue vein barrels, and little baby cream cheeses smoother than velvet. Baron Stone was celebrated for its smoke and honey roasted hams, inside of bacon, its spiced sausages, its melting beef sticks, and Vincent pie. The savory fumes rising from the chimneys of the red brick band stone stole mingled with the odorous tang wafting from the doors of the Kurzburg cheesemongers. For forty miles all around it, it was impossible to celebrate breathing the delicious air. A few hours north of Kurzburg and Babylonstone, you came upon an acres of vineyards growing grapes as large as eggs. Each of them ripe and sweet and juicy. Journey onwards for the rest of the day, you reach the granite city of Jeroboam.
famous for its wines. They say of the Jeroboam air that you get tipsy simply walking its streets. The best vintages change hand for thousands upon goals of gold coins. And Jeroboam wine merchants were some of the richest men in the kingdom. But little lord of Jeroboam, a strange thing happened. It was as though the magical rich land of Cornucopia has exhausted itself by producing the best grass, the best fruit, and the best weed in the world. Right in the northern tip came the place known as Marshlands, and the only thing that grew there was some tasteless rubbery mushrooms and thin white grass, only good enough to feed a few man sheep. The marshlanders who tended the sheep didn't have the sleek, well-rounded, and well-dressed appearance of the citizen of Jeroboam, Boundstone, Kojibuk, or Chucksville. They were gaunt and ragged. The poor and nervous sheep never fetched very good prices, either in cornucopia or abroad. So very few marshlanders ever got to taste the delights of cornucopia wine, cheese, beef, or pastries. The most common dish in the marshland was a greasy mutton broth, made up of those sheep who were too old to sell. The rest of the cornucopia from the marshlanders and all bunch, slurry, dory, and ill-tempered. They had rough voices which each other cornucopians imitated, making them sound like horse, old sheep. Jokes were made about their manners and their simplicity. As far as the rest of the cornucopia was concerned, the only memorable clue that had ever come out of marshlands was the legend of the Ichabod. So, this is all for the today. I will continue the next chapter in the next episode. Till then, bye and stay tuned with the story with Jimmy.